and a howdy, or welcome to Adoption Adventures. Hope you are all doing well. Hope your week is starting well. Um, so I put out a little um, note out to our followers and said, hey, has anyone got any topics you'd like me to cover? Anything you'd like me to discuss? Um, a couple of people have come back um, with some suggestions and some topics. There were a couple of topics that were mentioned that I figured I could probably sort of capture in one in one episode. They're, they're different topics, but I think I think we can probably sort of marry marry them up and and cover it all in uh, in one episode. Um, and what um what I would say here is. As you know, I am always, always more than happy to sort of go through some any topics or any details that I've got and any topics that I think are going to be of interest um, and anything that I think that you might want to hear about. Um, but with that in mind, um, if you've ever got a topic that you would like me to talk about and sort of delve into please just drop me a line um, because I'll always cover a topic if um, if it helps. Um, you can find me on um, Instagram and Facebook, that's adoption.adventures. Um, Twitter is adoptionadvent1. Um, and then you've got my email address, which is adoptionadventures123 at gmail.com. Um, any, anything that you really want me to talk about, just, just ask, um, you know, that's, that's, that's what I'm here for basically. Um, so the first topic that, that came up was, um, someone sort of commented and say, Hey, we're approved, we're ready to go, but we're sort of like having some struggles and frustrations with link maker and matching someone else then sort of commented and said, Hey, us too. And I think across the board, this is probably one of the biggest frustrations for adopters at the moment. Um, I think adopters that haven't started their families, I would say, um, it's it's the area that's that's causing a lot of frustration and a lot of um, difficulties. I think one thing that's um, causing some frustration or one thing that sort of plays to it is once you've gone to panel and you've been approved you have that joyous moment of you're so excited and this is this tends to be when you if you haven't told people in your network this tends to be the point where you decide yeah do you know what it's now safe to tell people so more and more people are aware um particularly if you're sort of looking at early permanence, you know, you definitely would have told work by now because, hey, you might have a match. So you might have to drop everything and go. Um, so I think that's um, that plays into it because you then have more and more people saying, how's it going? What's happening? Um, I think as well you have people that don't necessarily understand life in that perspective and they don't really understand and grasp what that means now that you're approved and you know well, why hasn't a child moved in with you what what's the hold up um 
Oh, excuse me. A yawn caught me off guard. Don't worry, I'm just going to take a sip of coffee. Everyone will be fine. Ah, I'm alive now. Um, so, yeah, and I think it must be that frustration of your sort of your turning to all kinds of people and having to have that conversation, and constantly having to have the conversation of no, nothing yet, um, and that really can't be easy. Um, and the only way I can kind of relate or link it to, and again, this is possibly a dreadful analogy but it's all almost like if people were trying for a baby and people keep asking how's it going how's it going how's it going um you have to continuously say nothing yet nothing yet nothing yet and i'm wondering if those that are waiting for that match and waiting for that link have they already been through that process of having people ask any luck any luck any luck now they're approved and it's any match, any match, any match. So I'm wondering if actually it, it could be all kinds of traumatic and difficult to have those conversations all over again. Um, and that's a that's a real challenge. Um, without fail, when I talk about this, several things will happen. First, I will own the fact that it's not what happened in our journey. So I can't, I can't speak from experience. Um, I can't sort of speak from that world. The other thing that will always happen is I will always shift it back and hopefully shift your thoughts back to the children that are waiting. Um, I guess I do that to help with perspective and just to realign some of the thoughts. Um, what I've identified in a lot of the training and a lot of the circles I've been in recently is that adopters are waiting longer for a match. Um, I think the latest that I heard was somewhere in the region of 18 months on average for a match, um, which is a long old time. That's a, a long old time to wait and a long old time to wait and effectively put your life on hold because that is the expectation from social services that whilst we're waiting for a match you can't possibly have any life experiences or big holidays or big moves or any big life experience can't happen because you've got to be ready for this family but hey we don't know when that might happen that is incredibly frustrating um the problem as well there is there isn't actually a clear answer I've worked with adopters who have gone through the process and very shortly after they were approved, a, a match was sort of recommended and it worked and they went through. Um, and I've worked with other adopters who were waiting in excess of a year. And I, as I'm saying that, I'm thinking of two, <laughs> two particular families. Um, I trained both and would have put them on par with one another for being out of this world, incredible prospective parents. Um, if you ask me to put one against the other and say, who who should get a child first? I couldn't answer that question because they were both fantastic. So that it, it's not about that. Um, we all know 
that the more specific you are with your search, the longer you are going to wait. We all know that for a fact. And if you don't know that already, you should know that because that is what's going to happen. You are going to wait longer. Um, you know, if you're looking naught to two, but you're not going to do early permanence, you're in for a wait. Um, if you are open to older children or harder to place children, your wait will be shorter. Should that be a reason for you to go for these harder to place children? Absolutely not. Definitely not. Because you'd be doing that for the wrong reasons. Is it a good enough reason for you to at least consider it? Yes. Yes, it is. Um, now, I'm going to throw out some stats your way. The reason I'm going to be um, doing this is because I'm wondering if it might actually help you to hear some of these things. Um, I'm part of a number of different groups that feedback to me information and stats. Um, and I find that they are quite interesting and helpful and they start helping you to start considering why things are happening and what's going on. Um, now, what I have started to understand is, so here's, here's the first stat for you. Um, this is the average time between a child entering care and then moving in with their adoptive family. Um, this increased um, this year, but the national three-year average has increased to 377 days. Um, and the one-year uh, average has increased to 397 days. So in the last year, it's it's gone up. Um, so a child who comes into um, care it is taking them 397 days on average before they then move in with their families. Um, so quite, quite a lot. Um, the... Next one um, that I've I've heard is the average time between a local authority receiving a court order to place a child and then the local authority deciding on a match. Um, national three-year average has increased to 183, um, and then the one-year average has increased to 196. So there's been an increase in this last year again. Now, this one I find very interesting. So 196 days from a local authority receiving the court authority to place the child and then them actually deciding on a match. So almost 200 days um, before a match is made. Now, in a lot of the conversations that I have, we hear from a lot of social workers that express that the courts are slowing things down and that they have been the biggest issue. That data there, that suggests to me that actually there's some other issues going on as well. There's some issues going on with, do you know what? Let me just say it. Social workers on Linkmaker not coming back to families. Um, 
that's as I look at the data, that is what I'm seeing. Perhaps I'm wrong, perhaps there's more to it. But me personally, I hear time and time again how people are making a um, sort of going on LinkMaker, putting in a request, putting in some details, not hearing for two, three weeks, then hearing back from a social worker who says, thanks, but we're actually exploring a match for this child. And then a couple of weeks later, you're still seeing that child on LinkMaker. I understand that there are social workers and there are people in place now to expedite these cases and actually hold people accountable. In my opinion, if um, if a if a link is being explored, I think that on Link Maker, I think that we should be able to have an an added sort of um, banner or something on that child's profile, so as a social worker can update it and just keep the profile live, but just add in a, a little banner and a, a, a link is being explored. That then allows you to still click in and register interest. So that social worker has other adopters available should that link not work. So you you know as an adopter, hey, there's a possibility that this won't happen for me, but I feel a connection here. I would like to at least register interest. But you know that there's a good chance you're not going to hear back on that child. Okay, I genuinely think that that would help manage your expectations and your feelings during that process. Um, that's some recommendations that I'm making within my circles. Um, I think that more needs to be done to communicate with adopters in those times and that period. And I think that social workers should be held more accountable. Um, it's just not okay. Um, next one is um, the average time a child entering care um, and a local authority receiving court authority to place a child for children who have then been adopted. It's a wordy one, isn't it? That is a wordy, wordy one. Um, so again, this has increased um, over the last three years. It's increased to 264, but in the last year, 277. Um, so this is average time between a child entering care, then a, the local authority receiving a court authority to place a child, um, and then how many days it's been for that child to be adopted. Um, I think I'm reading that right. Um, and that's saying sort of 277. Again, massive. Um, then let's see the next. Um, this, um, I don't think I've got the national average, which is, um, which is a shame actually. Um, so I, I'm not, I'm not going to share full specs and details because it's not, it's not, it's a it's coming a bit closer to home um but there was a, a, a slide um of the percentage of children leaving care to adoption who are um from bame backgrounds um and this percentage has increased um it's increased from 9% to 23 which um which was really 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 good because that's an area that is that's caused quite a few struggles in the past 
um, percentage of children leaving care to adoption age five plus has increased to 16% up from 11, um, which is really, really good. Um, 31% of those adopted um, in the past year were part of a sibling group. That was 18% previously. So some of those stats are local, not national, um, just just so as you're sort of aware. Um, what I found really interesting um, is we then saw the number of approved adoptive families waiting for matches. Now, this one is where I think that you might be really interested. Um, the total number just in our localised area was just shy of 200. And this is the highest number of approved adopters to date. Um, which is massive, absolutely massive. We've got a huge, huge, huge number of adopters waiting. I I do think, and I've said before, this is where I get a bit frustrated. If we've got all of these approved adopters and all of these children waiting over a year, what what what's going wrong here? So I do I do revert back and say there's a problem. We need to do something. Um, again, this this may may help you. Um, and again, this is more localized. Um, but the proportion of adoptive families who are matched to a child who waited more than three months from approval to being matched. Okay, um, and the percentage of families waiting more than three months from approval to match has increased from seventy eight percent to seventy five percent from sixty eight percent to seventy five percent now what again that's localized data, but it it means that if you are waiting and you're frustrated, you are not the only one okay it might feel. Same, it's the same as when you're trying to get pregnant and all you see on social media is people announcing that they're pregnant. Um, same as when you're waiting for a match, it must feel like every single person you speak to has made a match. It's not the case, okay? It is frustrating. I do think social workers have got to be more accountable and do more. I think this is when we need to work harder on adopter-led matches and we've got to be a lot more proactive. So I think I've said in the past, activity days, um, craft days, bumping visits, link maker, all of the tools that are made available, even if in the past you thought, mm, I don't think I can do that. If you're sitting there and you're frustrated with the weight, you need to look at what you're doing and ask yourself the question, could you do more? Is there something that you could explore that you haven't thought about before? Age ranges, could you be more flexible? Gender, siblings, all of these things. I'm not saying that you have to do it, but I am saying if you're waiting and you're frustrated, it's worth having those conversations again and asking, why did we say no? What were we saying no for? Let us explore that. Just to give it a little bit of thought. Um, 
I would also say if you've made a connection and a link on LinkMaker and you haven't heard, don't be afraid to chase. Okay, so there's some statistics. Here's some some stuff. Maybe it's interesting. Maybe it's not. Um, you let me know. Um, the other um, topic that I wanted to um, sort of cover was we had someone who commented and said that um, two years on, I still worry how birth mum is coping. Any coping strategies to deal with this? And I said on there, do you know what? That is actually a beautiful, beautiful thing to read. That that is something that is concerning you, worrying you. Um, and that's how I want. That's the sort of thing I want to read. I want to read that you're you're concerned, um, and you're you're keeping their birth families in in your mind. I think that's really sweet, and really nice, and really important. Um, as I posted this, um, Charlotte, who joined us a few weeks ago, the birth mother that joined us a few weeks ago, she commented and she said, "You know, from a birth parent's perspective, if." If you have those sort of worries, if you've got that sort of concern, don't be alarmed to actually raise it and ask post-adoption if you can reach out, check in on them. Obviously, not necessarily direct, but in some way, shape or form. Send a letter and say, hey, this is actually from me, not from the child. I just thought I would check in and see how you're doing. Granted, that's a lot easier said than done. Um, particularly if the birth families aren't responding to you. Um, but what I would say from that is those emotions that you're feeling, they are really, really close to how our children will be feeling. That emotion of how are they? How are they coping? How are they doing? It's a, it's a, big old topic it's a big old worry and I think if you're thinking that your children might be as well um, and I would say share that share that with with the children obviously that's age appropriate but share it with the children and say hey do you know what this right there's a a little pause there because I was interrupted by my nan phoning. And as always, <laughs> I've got to make sure that I remember what I was saying. And um, we were talking about birth parents um, and how it, how it will feel. And like I say, it's it's going to be similar to how your children are feeling. And I think being open and honest and and sort of expressing that and talking about how you're feeling with your children age appropriately so as they can know that it's all right to feel that way um it's all right to have those concerns all right to have those worries that's actually a really positive thing um so voice it talk about it um and don't be scared of that feeling um what's name name it to no name it to claim it that's what it is um name the feeling so you can claim that feeling um you can get ahead of it and you can you can know where you're at and you can let yourself know where that's at but i would say definitely 
that's a way that you can actually throw yourself into contact. Um, you know, when I'm feeling that way, I'm able to drop um, little dude's mum an email now and say, hey, how are you doing? And just wanted to check in and see how it's all going. And that really helps me. Um, and in turn, that then helps little dude. So that's that's what I would say about sort of coping with, with that sort of thing. Um, hopefully that's helped, but I understand if you kind of need me to delve a little bit further into that, um, please feel free. Um, <clears throat> we've had... Uh, any recommendations of pre-stage one watches or listens? I'm so nervous that we won't be approved. Who else has felt like that? Huh? <laughs> um, so <laughs> I'm going to go back to to those guys um, with a couple of sort of other suggestions. But anyone else feeling that? You know, that's really common. Um, we talk an awful lot about how to the the road for adoption is not it tends not to be people's first choice and to get to this point you've already had to endure so much and go through so much and have so many rejections or letdowns or what you'd class as i'm doing bunny ears failures here that you're anticipating that there's going to be more um and and that can be really quite upsetting what i would say is get get your reading going start some of the books not the dark books but some of the parenting books some of the ones written by um sort of adopters start attending some webinars um see if you can get yourself involved in your local adoption community as well there will be loads start following some positive pages um so you know we've had uh mama molly mama adopts on um previously she's incredible to follow got some great great updates um but there are some wonderful wonderful um pages that you can follow youtube channels and other podcasts as well um i noticed the other day um that there's a load more adoption podcasts po- sort of popping up which is awesome whilst it is awesome please don't abandon me and say that they're better that's not okay that would not be awesome i have to remain your favorite you are allowed to go and listen as long as you come back if you find that they are better i need you to just delete them (laughs) and tell me what they did that i didn't Uh, but find other resources like that find other people start talking you will understand you are not alone and it's okay okay um Another one, um, this was the final topic, is um, four weeks into placement and having some struggles. Um, Any tips or could there be a podcast on post-adoption depression? Um, So really sorry to hear that you're having a few struggles. Cannot stress enough how normal that is, okay? It is really, really normal and it is really, really, really okay that it is not a dream come true, okay? Super common. Doesn't make it easier. Doesn't make it better. But you are not alone. This, that that comment, that question, 
in itself is probably the biggest reason that I started this podcast. For people like yourself who are at that pinch point and you are struggling and you feel like you're the only one and you feel like you're failing. I've, I have done an episode on post-placement blues. and I will put the link to that episode within this episode. Um, I've also done an episode or a few episodes on the early days and the 10 hour day. I would go back and listen to the episode on the early days and I would just humbly remind you, I, I remember in those early days, I remember the 10 hour day and I remember at the end of that day sitting on my sofa and crying and sobbing uncontrollably because I had wanted to be a parent since I, as long as I can remember and I wanted to be an adoptive parent since the age of 19. So when this finally happened for me and our son screamed at me that we were the worst dads ever and that social services had made a mistake, I believed him. And I sobbed because I felt that I was rubbish. The truth is, during that period, our children are going through such severe grief, such severe loss, that it's really hard, and they're going to push. They're going to push every single button that you've got. Our children are so used to tall people letting them down or not being available or loving them adoring them and then saying goodbye think of how many moves some of our children have had think of how many foster placements our children might have been in think of little dude lived with birth family for three and a half years then he moved in with his foster family and lived there for three and a half years he built a beautiful and wonderful life for three and a half years he found himself in a family and now all of a sudden a social worker comes along and says hey it's time to move but don't worry it's gonna be great little dude talked about this the other day um, with his nana and granddad and he said it was all well and good when social services came and said that I was gonna be happy he said but I was terrified so I was terrified because I'd seen what life could be like and I saw that social services didn't save me at the time. So who's to say that they was going to put me in the right place now? Be a seven-year-old thinking that. And he can verbalise that now. Definitely couldn't then. That'd be four. Be a year. You're still feeling these things. You, you can't talk about it, but you can definitely feel those things. So as a reaction, you're going to react and you're going to react badly. They're going to kick out. They're going to test you. They're going to push every single button because the long and the short of it, they want to know if you can stick it out. They want to know, as much as you say that you love them and that you're going to be there for them and this is forever, will it 
because I've heard that before. Let's test it. Because I'd love to push you and push you and push you and break you and have you say, I can't cope, it's time for you to go. And I'd prefer it if I did that and I controlled that than I fell in love with my new family and then you decide you didn't want me. I've had a doctor say, hey, I've been telling them for days, for weeks now, how much I love them and this, this is forever. Remember, you're a stranger to them. They, they, they won't be able to hear that. Certainly won't believe it because their self-esteem just says that they're not worth it. So why on earth would you want them? So hard for them to believe. I'm sure I've used this analogy before, but I'll do it again. Imagine buying a new top or a new outfit. You speak to 10 people. The first nine say how wonderful you look. Person number 10 says, makes you look a bit frumpy or a bit muffin toppy or it doesn't sit quite well. Do you believe the nine or the one? Always, always you're going to believe the one. We always find it easier to believe the the bad stuff. Our children have heard a lot of bad stuff. They've felt a lot of bad stuff. In that analogy, they've heard nine people tell them that they look frumpy and one person say that they look good. So they don't trust us yet. They don't trust good. As a result, and this kind of flicks in between what we talked about at the start and what we're talking about now, people who are waiting, waiting now, so frustrated with how long they're waiting. I get that. (laughs) But then now, you wait for that long. You wait for over a year for your child to move in with you, and then they do, and it's not great. How does that make you feel? Sucks. Absolutely sucks. Because whilst everyone will say to you, try not to take it personally, that's an impossibility. You are going to take it personally. You are going to feel sad and upset. That's that's hard, right? It, it, it's horrible and it's hard when our kids are behaving the way that I've described and that it's not going right. And that this dream that you've had for so long doesn't quite feel the same and doesn't quite sort of fit what you thought it might. I understand. I genuinely do. You're not alone to feel that way. What I would say is, again, name it to claim it. Talk to your social workers. Let them know you're struggling. Let them know why. They are not going to say, you're clearly struggling. We're going to take the children back. That is not on their mind. When you announce that you're struggling, they say, let's find out why. Because you're not the first. 
you won't be the last. And I imagine if you're struggling because of this, do you know what? I imagine there's about 15 other adopters in the local area that have felt exactly the same and can help you. So let's have a little chat. You're not alone. You're not doing a bad job. Your kids don't hate you. <laughs> Try not to beat yourself up and definitely ensure that you do not put yourself into solitude. Find others, speak to your social worker and talk to them about it. Do not be ashamed of that feeling. We had some friends that adopted a year before us and they talked and each night they would talk I don't know if I've mentioned this before, they would talk and they would go, right, okay, what percentage are you? And the question was, how much are you, have you bought into this? You know, we've adopted this kid, how much are you in on this now? And the first one would go and they'd go, oh, do you know what? Actually, today I'm 20%. I'm not feeling it. It's just not right. The partner would then go in at a much higher number to balance that out and go, oh, no, do you know what's down 70%? I'm, I'm feeling really good. On other days, whoever goes first and goes, no, do you know what? Today's been a great day. I'm 80% today. That allowed the partner to say, me too, or no, actually, I'm low today. They owned it. They spoke about it. They claimed it and they discussed it. Do that. Speak to people it's okay again imagine imagine so my my niece when she was born her mum went through 36 hours of intense labor that's not 36 hours of contractions and that was 36 hours of labor being told that she had to push and having nothing left like completely exhausted drained this child is then born was then rushed away this was their first born and neither her nor my brother heard the baby make any noise loads of professionals run around and making all kinds of noise so you're now panicking that something's gone wrong you are then handed this small person, 36 hours, did she love that child instantly? I don't know the answer to that question. Could you blame her if the answer was no? I certainly wouldn't. She's drained. She's exhausted. She's in pain. She's gone through the mill. It's all right if she didn't feel that. She absolutely adores her <laughs> daughter now. No question about it. But it's all right if you're not feeling that. It grows. Some people are waiting for that aha moment, that firework moment. It doesn't always happen. It does not happen that way for everyone. For dad, he, he loved little dude from the get-go. Bonding, attaching, connecting. I think he would say that that took six to nine months. Did he love him? Yes. Would he have done anything for him? Of course he would. But did he feel that he was connected? No. No, he didn't. 
that took a lot longer. And he felt bad about that, felt worried that, you know, he was doing something wrong or maybe something had gone wrong along the way. No, it's completely okay and it's completely normal. So don't suffer in silence. Don't beat yourself up. You're not alone. Speak about it. So that's today's episode over. We've covered four four topics there. Um, that was two more than I intended, actually. Um, hopefully that's been of interest. If any of those one topics that I've covered you'd like me to delve further into, just let me know. I will make a, a way of doing that. It's not a problem. Um, much like what I've said at the start, if you have any topics or subjects or if you want to come on and be a guest, hey, drop me a line. Let me know. Um, it would be great to to have you on. So I look forward to hearing your feedback and your thoughts um, and speaking to you again next week.